3: If you're struggling to save, invest, and build wealth, or are feeling hopeless and stressed out, it's time to finally take control of your debt with my best-selling course, Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan for debt-free personal finances. It's a comprehensive and affordable online class that teaches you how to face your finances, get out of debt, and stay debt-free. You'll come away with a clear plan to eliminate credit cards, student loans, car loans, medical bills, mortgages, and any debt you have. Learn more at lauradadams.com. Hey, friends, I'm Laura Adams, and you're listening to the Money Girl Podcast. Since 2008, I've been bringing you personal finance and small business tips every week. My mission here on the show is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. So every show is created to make sure you come away with practical advice and tips to make better money decisions. Please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and participate. You can send me your money questions or comments. You can do that in a couple ways. One is leaving a message 24-7 on our voicemail line. You just call 302-364-0308. You can also send me an email using my contact page at lauradadams.com. And speaking of email, I recently received one from Gautam, who says, I want to thank you for being so helpful and providing great advice related to financial health. I've learned a lot over the past months from your podcast and website, and I believe that will continue to be true for a long time. I'm a single 28-year-old guy working in tech. I contribute to an HSA, FSA, 401k, ESPP, which is an employee stock purchase plan, and have been investing on my own since I started working in 2018. My life changed drastically last year when I lost my parents. As a result, I inherited various assets, but don't know what to do with them. I don't have any debt, and my net worth is about 900000 I'm unsure how to invest in stocks or if I should sell my real estate and put the money into stocks. I know there are many investment options with lower risk and lower returns like CDs, bonds, and mutual funds. What advice can you give about managing these funds or hiring a financial advisor? I really appreciate your question, Gautam, and I am so sorry about the loss of your parents. Anytime you receive a significant inheritance, other windfalls, or you experience major life changes, maybe it's starting a family, getting a divorce, having a job loss, or approaching retirement, you need a financial advisor. It sounds like Gautam has done a really great job saving so far, and he should seek expert advice to protect and grow his wealth. Yes, advisors cost money but they can help you avoid costly mistakes and ultimately help you understand all your investment options and make valuable recommendations based on many factors, including your taxes, risk tolerance, and goals. So this show will review the different types of financial advisors, how they get paid, and tips for choosing the right one. First, it's essential to understand which advisors have and don't have fiduciary responsibilities. So a fiduciary is legally required to work in your financial best interests, not their own. And stockbrokers and some advisors are not fiduciaries. They only get held to a standard called suitability. That means that they have to recommend financial products that are suitable for your risk tolerance and goals. So it's a lower threshold, a lower bar, if you will. So what's important to know is that a suitable product may be one that pays the broker the highest commission. In other words, a suitable product may be okay, but there could be a conflict of interest that is preventing you from understanding your options or even buying a better product. So let's start by discussing four types of financial advisors to familiarize you with their responsibilities, services, and typical rates. So the first type is a commissioned advisor. These are advisors who make sales commissions by earning some or all of their income from third parties. For instance, if you buy a mutual fund through them, the advisor may get paid directly from the fund company, or a mutual fund may include what's called a load, and that's a fee that gets deducted from your investment account and paid to the advisor after you've purchased it. Since commission advisors only get paid when you buy a product, They typically offer quote-unquote free investment advice. However, be aware that they are not fiduciaries. A commissioned advisor works as a salesperson for an investment brokerage, and they get held to that suitability standard that I previously mentioned. Think of it kind of like working with a Honda car salesperson and asking them, what's the best car to buy? They would never tell you to buy a Toyota because they're trained and incentivized to sell Hondas. That doesn't mean that a Toyota isn't an excellent choice for you, but it's probably not going to come up in a conversation with a Honda representative. While you need to be cautious anytime you work with a commissioned salesperson, remember that some financial products always get sold that way. For instance, if you buy life or health insurance from a licensed advisor or an insurance broker, they get paid a commission. That is very standard, and you're probably not going to find any other way to buy that type of product. As I mentioned, paying a commission for a product doesn't necessarily mean it's a poor choice or not in your best interest. What's important is to ask an advisor how they get paid and understand if there's a potential conflict of interest that you need to watch out for. Okay, the second main type of advisor are fee-only advisors. Advisors who earn money from services by charging, maybe it's an hourly rate, it could be a flat annual rate, or commonly a percentage of your assets under management are fee-only financial advisors. And the fee structures vary by company, but it could be something like Anywhere from 1% to 3 maybe even up to 4% of the total value of your portfolio under management. For example, if you have a $100,000 portfolio, a 2% fee means you pay $2,000 annually for management and advice. That gives an advisor an incentive to grow your portfolio value. Now, other advisors may work exclusively with clients to create financial plans, and they may do that uh, by charging a flat hourly fee. That could range from a few hundred bucks to a few thousand dollars.
2: You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well, then you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound
3: The third type of advisor are fee-based advisors. Advisors who blend the commission and the fee-only models are known as fee-based. They may charge a percentage to manage your portfolio and also sell investment products on commission, or they may charge a flat fee to help you create a financial plan, and receive a commission if you purchase their recommended products. Again, what's important is understanding how your advisor gets paid and avoiding potential conflicts of interest. And the fourth type of advisor are robo-advisors. Robo-advisors typically offer low-cost digital financial management using algorithms. So there's either little or no personal customer service there. However, some robo-advisors do offer human advisors for a fee or maybe once your portfolio exceeds a limit. Most robo-advisors offer pre-constructed portfolios of exchange-traded funds based on your risk tolerance and investment goals. So they're not fiduciaries, but they're kind of offering you um, particular packages based on what you want to achieve. And they typically provide taxable and tax-advantaged investment accounts, such as IRAs. And they may also offer other products like high-yield savings. Another often confusing aspect of working with financial advisors is their various professional certifications and designations. I'm going to review a few you should know. The first is called a Registered Investment Advisor, or RIA. They are licensed to sell investments, and they're registered with the Federal Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, or any state authorities, RIAs must act as your fiduciary, and they may be fee-only or fee-based advisors. You're also going to see a lot of certified financial planners or CFPs. They must pass rigorous exams that cover many financial topics, including investing, retirement, taxes, insurance, and estate planning. They have to have three years of qualifying work experience to take on that designation, and they must adhere to a code of ethics and stay up to date by completing annual continuing education. You're going to see Chartered Financial Analysts, or CFA's. They also must pass exams covering investing, accounting, professional ethics, economics, securities analysis, and portfolio management. And they have to have at least three years of qualifying work experience, among many other requirements. You've also got Chartered Financial Consultants, or CHFCs. They must pass an exam that covers financial planning, investment, taxes, insurance, and estate planning, and they must have at least three years of qualifying work experience. And you may also need a Certified Public Accountant, or CPA. They must pass rigorous exams in accounting, taxes, and tax preparation. And of course, this is not a complete list of all of the certifications. There are many more, and you may seek many more financial specialists, such as insurance brokers who are licensed to sell various products, such as annuities and health, life, and disability policies. You might want help creating emergency documents using an estate attorney, or getting out of debt using a credit counselor, or planning for college expenses using an education specialist. So, which type of advisor is best for you depends on various factors like how much you have to invest, the products you want to buy the services you need like investment management, business advice, or tax preparation. Some investment advisors only work with high net worth individuals or even pre-retirees, but many accept smaller portfolios. So how do you find the best financial advisor? Well, you might get a recommendation from friends or family or do an online search. There are various organizations that allow you to search for and even verify the credentials of certified professionals in your area and nationwide. A few that I'll recommend are the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. There's the Certified Financial Planner Board and the Garrett Planning Network. And I'll have links to all of these in the transcript for the show. You can research any advisor's status and background using several different websites and databases. One is the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure and FINRA's Broker Check Database. FINRA is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. So doing your homework on a potential advisor is a really important step to make sure there are no disciplinary actions or significant complaints filed against them. And once you settle on one or more potential financial advisors, I recommend that you meet with them either in person or online, maybe using, you know, a video chat or even a phone call to discuss their qualifications and your goals. If you're married or in a serious relationship, you both should meet with potential advisors and definitely be prepared to discuss things like your income, expenses, and your current investments if you have any. Definitely take notes during the meeting and ask any questions that come up. And I'll also give you a list here of questions I think you should be discussing with any potential financial advisor. So they include What types of clients do you typically work with? That could be really important because, you know, let's say you're really young, but they say they mainly work with, uh, you know, retirees um, or, um, you know, they say they typically work with high net, you know, individuals and and that's not you. You want to know kind of where their specialty lies. Ask what services do you offer. They may provide things that you're not even aware of. Ask what are your professional certifications. So that'll give you a clue on what kind of education they have, and you know also um, what where their specialties lie. Also ask how do you make your money. You know they should be very straightforward about the fees that they charge and the way that they're being compensated. You can directly ask: Are you a fiduciary? Or are there times you don't act as a fiduciary? Ask, do you have any account minimums? What's your approach to financial planning? What information do you need from me to get started? How many times and how often do you recommend that we meet? And will you be available if I have any questions? So those are a good starting point, and you may come up with a lot more. Um, So don't be afraid to ask any potential advisor all of these questions before you make a decision. Using an expert financial advisor to enhance your money management skills can help you maximize returns, reduce risk, save time, avoid mistakes, and ultimately stay disciplined to follow a sound financial strategy that will achieve your goals. Gautam, I hope this show helps you find an advisor who can give you expert advice on managing your wealth and inheritance. Let me know if you have a money question or a topic suggestion, and be sure to follow Money Girl on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you automatically get each new weekly episode. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin and our intern is Cameron Lacey.